Welcome to Top Deck Insight, our podcast on all things Magic the Gathering. I'm Sam, followed by my co-host Josh and Sarah. We're three friends who love MTG, and we've created this podcast to share our experience with you. If you like what we do, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube at Top Deck Insight. We also have a website, topdeckinsight.co.uk. Now let's get into the episode. Back everybody, we are back for another episode of Top Deck Insight. Uh, since the last episode uh, last week, all of the Adventures of Forgotten Realms D and D cards have come out, been spoiled, mm-hmm. and available to play on Magic Arena and Magic Online at the moment. The set has not released in paper yet, but uh, we have had a chance to look at all of the cards, which is great. Which basically just means the set is out, you know. Um, so, in light of that, have you guys? Well, have you guys had a chance to play any of the new sets or? I haven't. No, I've not played it at all. Yourself, Josh? I haven't played it at all. So, of yeah. course, it's only out digitally on Arena, uh, and I have actually been interested in playing like the the new standard queue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the twenty twenty two rotation queue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that that seems really fun, actually, uh, and I probably would have given it a go. I haven't because I've been playing Persona Four Golden instead, <laughs> which I picked up this week, which. Is in a loose way a card game. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played Magic this week, but yeah, I haven't played any AFR. Yeah, for further context of what we're talking about, the standard 2022 queue on Arena is a queue where you can play uh, sets that have w- they wouldn't have rotated. So it's kind of like an early rotation queue. So Eldraine, Theros, Ikoria, and M21. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those sets won't be included uh, in the card pool, but you can play with sets from Zendikar, from uh, Kalheim, Strixhaven, and this current new D and D set. Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, and it, it, yeah, it looks like a fun cube because you know everyone has been getting sick of Eldraine recently. Um, I think that the love, the love for Eldraine has died out very quickly. <sighs> Not for me. Not for you. I think it was a great set. Yeah, uh, it was bad for standard. Though. Bad for standard. It's it warps standard a lot. It still is the best standard set. Mm-hmm. It was during that time that wizards were just getting a little bit crazy with the power level. Stupid. <laughs> and yeah, they, they, it took a while, but it does feel like they've kind of reined that in with the playtesting. Yeah. So maybe it's just a dark year in magic that is almost over. Almost over, yeah, because even Ikoria, I'm so looking forward to that going. That's companions are stupid. Mm-hmm. Companions are ridiculous. Um, they're so, companions are cool, and so is adventures, but it's just. Stupidly powerful mechanic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that if you if you want a chance at like a refreshing new take on standard, give that a go on arena. Um, but otherwise, I would actually argue that standard has been a little bit shaken by the new D and D set. Because um, comparing it to Strixhaven, Strixhaven really didn't bring anything to standard. It didn't really change anything. Uh, Soltai stayed at the top pretty much. Rogue stayed at the top. Um, and obviously, Kaldheim before that was what introduced Soltai, um, Soltai Ultimatum at least. So, yeah, it. I don't know. What are you guys thinking about this set in terms of card quality and, and you know what cards have you guys picked out that you guys would want to talk about? So it seemed pretty low to me. The mm-hmm. power level of this set seemed a lot more toned down, and uh, it seemed to be a set more for the flavor, more for the fans. Um, maybe a bit more janky kind of commander focused yeah. cards uh yeah it didn't seem like it would be a set that had a massive impact mm-hmm. um there were a few cards that definitely stood out to me as potentially very powerful mm-hmm. the the two mana three three werewolf one so that's one of the things i was going to talk about um as seems to have been really, werewolf really pack leader is that what it's called something like that uh so do you remember what the card does it's uh, so that it's actually the deck that I've been playing. Um, oh, so I've had cool. a chance to play a little bit of standard, uh, not very much at all. Played like maybe three games of best of three, and the deck that I queued up with was mono green uh, with the werewolf pack leader and 
uh, one of the, I think it was Ranger class as well. But anyway, what Werewolf Pack Leader is, it's a, it costs green green, so two mana value for a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, Werewolf Pack Leader, there it is. Um, for a 3-3, three, three, which has pack tactics, whenever Werewolf Pack Leader attacks, uh, if you attack with creatures with a total power of six or more, you get to draw a card, um, which is a really nice ability. Uh, and it has another ability where you can tap four and turn it into a 5-3 human or something? Or 5-3 five, five, uh, werewolf. 5-3 and it loses human. It loses human. So yeah. it's the human werewolf type and it yeah. loses human. So it becomes a full-on wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really powerful card. It definitely slots right into the two-mana slot for mono green Because mono green kind of lacked in two-mana slots. Because uh, yeah. it had scavenging ooze. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, this is this is great. Like a, insane, a, good, a, yeah. a one-drop in green and then two uh, and then three and mm. all of a sudden you're attacking this is starting to draw your cards yeah two that's really really powerful i picked the mono green list to play in standard because the curve is so good now um you have at one mana you have your fight spells like blizzard brawl and primal might and swarming Shamb- or nesting shambler or swarming shambler swarming shambler yeah i think the one mana one one the the one mana zero zero that enters with a counter i think it's what counts but yeah you have that at one mana and Lustrick Beast as well, um, mm-hmm. Heart's Desire. Yeah, on two mana, uh, the list that I play was running four of these pack leaders and four of another new card from Ventures uh, called Ranger Class. Ranger Class is ridiculously good. Um, so you guys are aware of the class subtype, uh, yes. the enchantment subtype uh, in this set, and those cards are really powerful, I think. So Ranger Class, what that reads is a two mana value enchantment, uh, it costs one and a green. When it enters, uh, it creates a 2-2 wolf creature token. So already on entry, it's doing exactly what you want to do. You want to play a creature on curve. You pay two mana, and you have the ability to level up, which means you can, when you attack, whenever you attack, you put a plus one counter on a target attacking creature. That's already quite a powerful ability in itself. And then for four mana, uh, when you start gassing out, this is just the perfect card, because you have... Uh, at 4 mana and level 3, you may look at the top card of your library at any time, you can cast creature spells from the top of your library. It's such a good 2 mana card to have in your deck because it sets you up for the later turns. Uh, once you've been gassed out and you've been board wiped, you've got an enchantment which is hard to remove because it's not a creature. Um, could you? Uh, yeah. Could you just explain what you mean by gassed out? Right, yeah. Uh, sorry, because uh, with, with the mono green deck, it is an aggro deck, so... It, what it prioritizes is playing the turn one creature, turn two creature, turn three creature, and then attacking and swinging. Uh, and that generally means you're going to empty your hand quite quickly. You're not really drawing a lot of cards. You're not um, you're not filling your hand back up. So what this allows you to do is once you once your threat has been dealt with, if it's been dealt with, because um, if they don't deal with the threat of what you've done already, then you're just going to lose. Mm-hmm. But if they do manage to stabilize this is a perfect way for you to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. What a lot of aggro decks lose to is that kind of, when, when you play against like a mid-range deck and they, they start popping off with like, say like Flicker, once it gets like to turn five or six, you can imagine like, they're just doing so much that you yeah. can't keep up. This kind of card is the perfect aggro card because it creates a creature, but then it also lets you keep up a little bit. Uh, it like, lets you go through the top of your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Aggro decks need to build momentum quickly mm-hmm. and often need to close out the game in the early turns uh, because if you exhaust all of your resources and your board gets dealt with by efficient blockers, mm-hmm. efficient removal or a board wipe or something like that, uh, then that can effectively eliminate all of your momentum. Mm-hmm. And and you just you just lose from that. Yeah, you can't recover in an aggro deck because you're just top decking and you're top decking. Yeah one creature at a time mm-hmm. and then they play one removal spell and it's like alright got a top deck yeah. again yeah. and it just yeah it can get out of hand and you lose quite quickly so this is mm-hmm. a really really good two mana card to slot perfectly in the deck um, yes yeah if you level it up to level two it can give you that little bit more reach that you mm-hmm. need that little bit more power and toughness on the board to potentially close out the game yeah um, because control decks can stabilise they don't care if they're on one two three life Mm-hmm. They can stabilize there, and they can win the game there. They can lock you out from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that level two uh, gives you that little bit more reach to close yeah. out those games yeah. that were going to be close. And then that level three gives you an uh, gives you the ability to go way further into game to recover. Yeah. Just, there's so much card advantage in there. A, a whole lot of card advantage for sure. 
Um, so yeah, I really like the new mono green deck. Played it a bunch on the standard ladder, and yeah, it was really good fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I might try and see if I can ladder all the way up to Mythic again, maybe. Because um, it seemed like a really, it just seemed like such a tier one deck. It yeah. curves out so beautifully. Um, and it runs the Snow Mountain Faceless Haven, which is just kind of the go-to right now. <laughs> if you're playing an aggro deck in standard, you just have to play Faceless Haven. There's yeah. no other option. Um, I haven't tried the uh, the green. So with with Adventures of Forgotten Realms, the, the rare land cycle was the Man Lands, which we talked about in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the green one is called Hydra's Nest or Titan's... Hydra's, Titan, Hydra's Nest. Hydra's probably. Nest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hydra's Nest, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, I don't think it's as good as some of the other man lands. It basically lets you pay X and a green mana, and you, your land becomes an XX creature. Okay. Yeah, and it feels like a bit too much of a mana sink for me. Yeah. Because um, the other one, like Faces Haven, you pay three mana and you get a four three attacker. This one, you would have to pay, if you pay three mana, you get a two two attacker. And, yeah. And if you pay, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth cutting Snowlands of your deck to. But you basically what you do is make your face haven worse because you have to cut at least four Snowlands and put four mm-hmm. of those in. Um, so I have decided not to run. Did not find it. No. <laughs> it might be like Hydra. Hydra. I think I think it is called Hydra's Nest. Yeah. But I can only find the Japanese version. Ah. So, uh, That's not going to be too helpful. Yeah, I can't read the rest of the card. I know I have been playing Persona. <laughs> but God, you're I like a full-on weave, I aren't you? I haven't yet mastered reading Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, um, so I haven't elected to put it in as well because I don't want to burn all my wild cards on it. Maybe it is, a good, it is optimal to play it, but to me, I, I thought I need to spend my wild cards on Werewolf Pathfinder and Ranger Class because those are definitely just must-haves for the mm-hmm. deck now. Um, but yeah, I think the deck can get away with um, without playing those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was good fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, there's been a bunch of uh, new cards that I really like. So those are just two of the my favourite ones from the set so far. Um, how about you guys? What have you guys picked out that you... Not, not for standard, but just in general, that you like from this set? Sarah, you go first. Me. Well, there's only one that I want to pick up for decks I already have. Mm-hmm. And it's one that we spoke about ages ago. I think it's one of the first cards that got spoiled. One of the first spoilers, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is Lol, Spider Queen, uh, for mm-hmm. my Taser deck. And she... It costs three, black, black. And she has the passive ability of whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on her, which is why she's getting Taser. Yeah, because that gets doubled. Yes. Um, she has a... Zero uptake? Is that where it would be? Zero. Is it just plus zero? Yeah. Uh, draw a card, lose a life. Minus three. Create two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. Also good in Taser. Yeah. And then her ultimate is you get an emblem, emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creature you control, if that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life mm-hmm. equal to the difference. Which I think would probably always happen with Taser as well, because yeah, there's not a whole lot through. of... Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of powerful creatures. Yeah, you're right. That could be a really good way to finish games because as long as you attack each player on the board with at least like a 1-1 one, one spirit, you're mm-hmm. doing 8 damage to everyone each yeah. turn, no matter yeah. what. So that ultimate does definitely win you games quite nicely. Yeah, you tend to have lots of evasive creatures. Yeah. There's rather than a big one. Yeah, I don't think there's any. There's, um, no, I don't think there is, actually. Have you looked at the price for all? I don't know if prices are released no, yet because it's not on paper. The price. And can you... Proxy a planeswalker. You can. It's you can proxy uh, anything. Quite a bit like. of effort. Yeah, a bit of effort, though, isn't it? I'd say you could proxy anything in life, but, but yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be. Oh, I don't think it should be too pricey. It is. It is uh, quite. Yeah, it is a mythic, isn't it? Yeah, it's a mythic, yeah, it's a mythic. A new set, so it will be pricey. But it won't be one of those uh, like overpowered mythics, such as Debbie Lich. <laughs> <laughs> I think that card is going to be worth like upwards of fifty pounds. Debbie like, Lich. Debbie Lich. Debbie Lich. Uh, have, have a look at it and, and give it a read. I want to see your reaction to it. I think that will be like the, the £50 Mythic Rare. Maybe not 50, maybe like 30. It's going to be like Ura levels and, and Questing Beast levels. Do you want me to read it out? Yes. Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Okay, so Demi Lich is a uh, creature, skeleton wizard, 4 3. Mm-hmm. It costs blue, 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 blue. It's very tough. Blue, 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 blue. Blue, 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 blue. And it reads, this spell costs blue less to cast for each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. 
Whenever Demi-Lich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it, you may cast the copy. You may cast Demi-Lich from your graveyard by exiling four instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs. So it is a free 4-3 that mm, yeah. recurs itself and allows you to cast spells for free. Well, you oh, no, 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 you do have to yeah. pay the cost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Allows still. you to recur cards from your graveyard, spells from your graveyard. Yeah. Um, which is it's ridiculous. quite ridiculous. Yeah, that is. So another, the, one of the things that I actually overlooked on this card was... Um, Obviously, not, not it just being ridiculously overpowered. Mm-hmm. It is a mythic rare, so that will shoot up the price. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely see it being upwards of £30, £40. Um, the last bit of text on there, where it says you can cast it by exiling four instances of sorceries in your graveyard. So what that means is, if you've played four instances of sorceries in, uh, for this turn, so that costs zero mana, mm-hmm. you cast it, and say it gets countered, you just get to cast it again for free, because mm-hmm. you've you played yeah. those four instances and sorceries. You can just exile those, and... Addition to paying other costs, well, right now that costs four yes. and of course it's not legendary. <laughs> so if you have two or three of them in your graveyard, <laughs> you just chuck them all out, all of them come out at the same time, yeah. and they all cost zero. It's it's a nuts card. It's one I think it's the most powerful card in the set. Yeah, that's um, crazy. It's really cool. I love the artwork for it as well. It, it looks artwork. super badass and creepy. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's effectively Arc Light Phoenix. Except with a bigger upside, it's yeah, it's definitely like a free card in Phoenix mm-hmm. Phoenix decks. Um, like if it's in your graveyard, Phoenix uh, is worth three two flyer. Mm. Uh, that if you've cast three instant sorceries, you can bring it back from your graveyard mm. yes. onto the battlefield, and it has haste. Um, you know this if if you can cast four instant sorceries, you can bring it back from the graveyard. Yeah. Um, except it has this bigger upside as well. Like it's. Yeah. Archive Phoenix was already a really, really powerful card. The, uh, yeah. This just has, yeah, a bigger upside. The card, I think, will, the reason it'll be so expensive for me is because I think, like, reading that card, it seems so modern playable and, mm-hmm. and legacy playable. It feels like such a fast card. Mm-hmm. You can definitely cheat this out so easily. Yeah. Things like, think about, like, Detaxian Pro, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Phyrexian Mana Insta, where you pay two life to draw a card. So that's, so if you paid, like, two life and then. Maybe you had another one or something, um, and because you're, you're drawing a card each time, mm-hmm. like, there's just so many things that could be nuts with this card. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. This this could be uh, a time one four three easily. Like yeah. You're sure. playing island and then just gut shot gut shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pay six. Taxi and pro, and then yeah, then it costs one blue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- so there has yeah. been discussions of bans for this card already, which I will really be upset to see because. Yes, it is a powerful card. I don't know if it's overpowered. I can see it being overpowered for sure. But it looks really cool. And Josh, as the uh, as the D&D player of the group, do you have any idea what like the lore behind this Demi-Lich is? The lore behind or Demi-Lich? What it is, exactly? No, I don't, actually. Mm. Um, I have no idea. Okay. Um, Demi-Lich. Is it just like an enemy monster, or well, uh, well I'm, I'm sure it would be. So yeah. liches in D and D tend to be incredibly powerful entities. Who mm-hmm. uh, the, you know the, the trope with liches is that they're undying in that they can, for the pop culture fans out there, they can basically create horcruxes like mm-hmm. in Harry Potter. Right. Um, cool. They can create what's called a phylactery, which contains their life essence and then as long as the phylactery is intact if a lich is killed it can come back via its phylactery see uh, that is how a lich works to that card as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that is how a lich works in D&D uh, demi lich I don't know what exactly that means but if we look at the etymology demi god is someone who is not quite a god yeah um so maybe that's what they mean it's it's halfway to being a full lich mm. um it is just a skull and, yeah, it, yeah it is just a skull uh it could be demi as in well, what demi other Lovato. yes yeah it could be <laughs> disney princess lich yes um i think that's what it is which and i think that the artwork would reflect that because it has stars in its eyes um mm-hmm. And it looks like it's, uh, you know, there's this sort of ethereal smoke, which I think 
connotes walking out onto stage. I love how you, you're able to say this with such a professional manner still. <laughs> yes, you can maintain that like, analytical with, yeah, it's great. voice when you're talking about well, Of course. Good course. job. Yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> and the card is incredibly broken and very expensive, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Uh, yeah, also connotes how, <laughs> how uh, you know, pop culture that's targeted at kids is incredibly broken way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty it's just easy, and, and I don't know if you guys have watched Hannah Montana recently, I certainly have, uh-huh. and it's terrible, and yet really? I keep going back, oh. uh, which is, just means they've got some kind of broken recipe, you know. Yeah, it's um, just OP, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I think could. Watching. I do have Disney Plus. He could actually be watching. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fine. I, like I know it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's just surprising. This is yeah. the power of Hannah Montana. The Daniel Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I think well, this I mean, likely <laughs> this likely foreshadows a future universes beyond set, of which Hannah is Montana. yeah, which is set in, in Hannah Montana. In, in, yeah, set, set in, in a Disney princess <laughs> world. Best of the worlds beyond. Best of the worlds beyond. Okay, I mean. A Disney magic set, I'm not gonna lie, I'd be totally on board with, but not like a Disney channel. How like would you guys? Disney. How would you design a uh, Hannah Montana magic card? It um, would be a dual face card. Yeah, dual face card. hundred percent. I think uh, one side legendary, one side not. Yeah, Actually, I don't course. know. I don't know if it should be a dual face card because dual face cards, what we've seen, don't tend to reflect like the other side. You, put, you play mm. one side and that's what you get. I think it should be a card that transforms. Transforms. Okay, okay. yes. Yes, yeah. transforms. Because that way the card interacts with both sides of the card. Because where, like, for example, like the Deans in Strixhaven didn't have anything to do with each other that much. It's okay, just... right, I got it. Hannah Montana only shows up in front of an audience, right? So <laughs> yeah. If your opponent has, m- at the beginning of your upkeep, if your opponent has more creatures than you, transform this card. Okay, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of your, and then on the other side, it will say, yeah. at the beginning of your upkeep, if your opponent has less creatures than oh, you, I like transform it. this card. So it kind of, it, it, it keeps turning okay. over. I yeah. like, I like that. it. <laughs> so it actually sounds quite good. Wizards, you can, you can have that for free, Wizards. <laughs> yeah, that's your, that's your, uh, that's yours. The, the rest is uh, on commission. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's what I think of. <laughs> Of Demi Demi Lich. Lich. <laughs> yeah, going back to the point. Completely forgot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was one of the coolest cards to come out of this set. Um, probably like V Mythic rare, I reckon. Yeah. Um, Josh, have you uh, any card or what? What card did you pick out to like sort of talk about? Uh, how long have you got? <laughs> pick one. How about none? What's, what's your favorite card <laughs> from D? I've actually picked an I. I so. Um, because the set's not out on paper yet, yeah. Um, and the commander decks I think are all out now, but I have, mm-hmm. they're so, so recently that I haven't even seen mm-hmm. one of the lists. Um, I actually haven't really engaged with the set yet. Okay. Uh, I have seen all of the like. I'm pretty sure I've seen every spoiled card, and I don't think that I want to buy any of the precons, mm-hmm. the commander precons. I don't think that. I am all that interested in standard and stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the new standard queue I would give a go. That does sound pretty good. Uh, and I don't think there are any cards in the set that I want to put in any of my existing commander decks or pauper decks. That's fair. So, yeah, I got nothing from this set. I, 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 yeah. I was looking forward to it, and I think it's a really cool set, and I do really like it. And I don't know what it's like to draft. That's something that I will probably do this week is look at drafting the set mm-hmm. because it looks like it could be really fun to draft with the amount of variance um, from, from rolling dice. I think that can make a draft quite fun. Yeah, I've looked into the draft archetypes and there are, it looks like they have built it so there is 10 mm-hmm. uh, instead of 5 with Strixhaven. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit more complicated, but it also means you can, it makes it more fun to mix and match them, I think. It does. Um, I think, in a way, it can make it easier to draft mm-hmm. as well because with Strixhaven, if you want in college colours, your deck was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas this time you can start in I don't know blue black and then if black is white. soft, yeah, you can you can splash white and it, and if black is soft, you can switch into blue white. Whereas mm-hmm. with Strixhaven, well, if you were playing blue black or blue white, you were doing something completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You weren't uh, going so to school. I I, th- I find <laughs> I think I find it easier to draft with ten color pairs. I find it easier to 
try and feel out what colors are open and slot into those mm. uh, and I think you have a bit more flexibility whereas with Strixhaven I didn't actually it wasn't drafting it towards the end of the set's life cycle yeah but I reckon it got more more repetitive more quickly because decks there are there are basically five decks mm-hmm All right, so uh, so so no cards that you picked up is what you're saying. <laughs> in summary. In summary, <laughs> yeah. In summary, um, there haven't been any cards that I picked out. I do think that with a little time, as the set releases on paper and and kind of matures, I'll probably pick out some cards that are really good. But there were some thoughts that I had when the set was coming out about you know do I add uh, an ETB venture creature. Mm. Into yeah. my into my enter the battlefield flicker deck. Yeah, um, just just storm through all the dungeons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't seem worth it. Venture adventure is not really yeah. not really good enough um, for for that to be worthwhile. Like, uh, and yeah, I, I just I I haven't seen anything in this set that has really interested me much. Yeah, um, it, I don't feel like it's made big waves in any of the formats that I play, I suppose. Yeah. It's not, well, actually, that's not, not true. There yeah. have been some really decent commanders, I think. Some oh, really yeah. cool commanders in the set. Lots of legendary creatures, because mm-hmm. it's a D&D set. Um, and some really cool commanders. Um, one that sticks out for me, which I know a lot of people kind of groaned at when they learned about it, was Gretchen Titchwillow. Mm-hmm. So it's on my list, you can have it. <laughs> Gretchen Titchwillow. Thanks. Um, So Gretchen Titchwillow is a legendary creature, halfling druid. Mm -hmm. She is a 0-4. She costs green-blue. So really, really cheap. Uh, And her ability is 2 green-blue. Draw a card. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So (laughs) this is super, super broken because this Mm -hmm. is a repeatable like mana sink which also draws you cards and ramps you, and it's just typical broken Simic Commander. I was just going to say, like, when when the design team were thinking of this card, they are yeah. like, hmm, blue-green legendary. <laughs> I wonder what new things we'll put on this card. Let's make it draw a card and put a land onto the battlefield. We've never <laughs> done that before. Um, God's sake. Do you know what I, uh, I, I love about that? Uh, whenever anybody talks about that, like Simic, broken Simic legendaries, uh-huh. my favourite broken Simic legendary is uh, Chulain Teller of Tales, oh, yeah, which is, of course, notoriously not That's a bad, Simic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what Chulain does, uh, so Chulain is two green, white, blue. Uh, he's a 2-4 human druid. Um, and he reads, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And then you can pay three mana, tap Tulane, return a creature card you control to its owner's hand, mm-hmm. and he has vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I feel like when the design oh, team were yeah. making this, um, this card, they were like, okay, well, he's green, so he ramps you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's blue. So he draws your cards, and <laughs> let's throw in the ability to bounce things as well. And he's white, so... Vigilance? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I think happened instead. Vigilance is so bad in comparison to the yeah. other two abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I think happened instead? I reckon they designed this card to be three blue-green. And they're like, this is a Simic commander. And they're like, "Do you know what, let's switch it up. <laughs> let's add a white pip in there and add the word Vigilance. Alright, cool, send it off. Done. Yeah, Done. Send, send off. <laughs> because, like... <laughs> Like, you cast a creature, draw a card, and then you ramp. Like, that's so, so good. And then he just has Vigilance. Yes. Yeah. Like, for no reason. On a 2-4. It's, it's, and Gretchen Titchwellow, yeah, same thing. It's just a classic Broken Simic Commander. Classic. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is that Broken Simic Commanders are very expensive. AC is quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, Thrasios is expensive. Tatiova is expensive. Because they're so powerful, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gretchen Tichwello is an uncommon, mm-hmm. which will make it very, very cheap. Available, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. very available, very cheap. So if you are a really, like, a budget EDH player... A budget you, spike. <laughs> yeah, if you're a budget <laughs> spike and you want to play a, a broken Simic deck on the cheap... Gretchen is a perfect commander. Yeah, I guess so. That is a good point. Um, yeah, she has the mana sink in her ability, which is what a lot of broken commanders will have. 
just because they like to be like big mana decks, right? Um, infinite combos mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. I suppose that's pretty cool. What about you, Sarah? You so this card was actually on your list. Was there anything else you wanted to say about it? No, I really kind of covered it all. That's fair. <laughs> Do you have any other cards on your list? So I think I found a PDH commander. A PDH. Yeah. <gasps> um, it's basically just the exact commander I think I would have made when we first started playing Magic. Okay. So it's Death Priest of. Mirkle? I had this on my list as well. Death Priest of uh, Mi- 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 Miracle or Miracle? Mi- Merkel? I'd say Merkel or Miracle. Seems like Merkel. Miracle, probably. Miracle. Miracle sounds cool. Death Priest of Miracle. That does sound cool. But isn't that just because of the accent? Is that what it says? Maybe. Don't yeah, mean... but you'd say it's it like in a. It like, sen- <laughs> makes sense in the accent. It's yeah. similar to um, Senor de los Bandidos <laughs> of Goblins. Of Goblins. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, yeah, Death Priest of Michael. Do you want to read this one out for yes. us, Sarah? So it costs two black black for a creature tiefling cleric, and it's a 2 yeah. 2. And it has skeletons, vampires, and zombies you control get plus one, plus one. And at the beginning of the end step, if a creature died this turn, you may pay one. If you do, create a 1 1 black skeleton creature. That is very really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Rules wanna... question. Yes. If you have a zombie skeleton vampire, as in it's all three. <laughs> yeah, does it get plus three, plus three? Time to Google. <laughs> well, with Rin and Seri, it's a cat and a dog, and that would get. It, that is a yes, cat and dog. Plus one. No, 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 yeah. but I'm you saying would have it's two a cat separate cards. One that says cats get plus one plus one. Yeah. One that says dogs get plus one plus one. Skeletons, zombies, and, and vampires you control get plus one plus one. I, I'm inclined to say no because yeah. so when you look at cards like. Um, I don't know, Elder? Or, no, that's a bad example. There's a card, I can't remember what it's called, but it reads, green creatures you control get plus one, plus one. White creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And so that mm. means that if it's green and white, it gets plus two, plus two. Yes. They're two separate abilities. But because this this seems to be, because it's all in one line, yeah, if it's all three types, it still only gets plus one, plus one. That would be my guess. So okay. the, only, the only thing I'm trying to remember is, in my Rien deck, I don't know how to Google this question because it's actually kind of a hard question to yeah. Google. Um, in my Rien deck, the multicolored one, uh, which I took apart, my first command deck, um, there was a card in there that was like other green creatures you get, you control get plus one plus one, but then under it said other white control creatures you control get plus one plus one, and that would give a green and white creature plus two plus two. Yes. But, then, but that's when it's separate text, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So Kahira, the orphan guard, for example. Yeah. If a creature is a cat beast nightmare, <laughs> does it get all yeah, of us? Yeah, because that, that exists in yeah, Akoria. Yeah. yeah, so that's actually so, good with So that, yeah. I don't think that it does. I think this would just give all your creatures plus one plus one. Yeah, um, that would make sense. I, I think that does make sense. If it was separate, if it was like skeletons plus ones, then mm. yeah. Creature cards in your deck may be a mix of... Oh, wait, no. A creature that's more than one of the five types gets plus one, plus one only once from Kahira's ability. Okay. So, so yeah, that would mean... That's the same thing. They, so that answers that. So the answer is, uh, unfortunately, a skeleton vampire would only get plus one, plus one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was like when we first yeah. started playing Magic. I think that, that a version of that one. was kind of what I had That is a really cool card. Really cool. Yeah, I'm tempted. Um, if, I did. If we build PEDH decks, though. I did pick this one out as well. I really like this card. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a triple, a tri lord. Mm. I don't know if that exists except for Kahira, which is like a quad lord. Yeah. Septuple lord. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that is really cool. But then, you know, Benelish Marshall is like a lord. Unlimited lord. Infinity Just a... lord. <laughs> Just a lord. Yeah. But then it doesn't count the. I was trying to think of creatures that aren't creatures. That don't exist. Don't what about the enchantment for the gods? Well, yeah, they're not creatures. They don't get the so get buffs. It's lame. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, really Benelish cool card. Marshall is garbage because it doesn't give an enchantment plus one plus one. Terrible card, <laughs> unplayable. <laughs> yeah. Literally unplayable. <laughs> Which, so would you consider making a, a PDH deck? Yeah, I think if... I mean, I'm not just going to make one by myself because... But if we decide to make PDH decks, then I think I would make. I don't know. Seems fun. It does Mm. seem fun, but with my commander decks, they're all kind of just creature heavy, go and wide decks. Which is fun. Which is fun, but 
I still want to challenge myself and build something build something different. different. I wouldn't recommend that. I've tried that recently. Um, All your decks are different. I tend no, to prefer. <laughs> no? I tend to prefer like combo control decks yeah. and value yeah, decks and okay, things like yeah. that. Um, and I yeah, I have a pirates deck. I only play it when I want to power down. Decks, yeah. yeah, I only play it if I've just won and everybody's really salty. I'll switch over to pirate <laughs> deck so that people can have fun and and forget about it. Sure. Um, yeah. I've recently built a. Um, Jeskai Prowess deck, which is very, very aggressive, mm. and I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't enjoy it. I, I played it. I played it this week uh, in a couple of the games, and they did what it was meant to do. Mm. Uh, in one game, it wiped someone out really, really, really quickly by dealing like thirty trample commander damage yeah. out of nowhere. Mm. Uh, in another by game, at, at, yeah, I didn't even mean it. Um, <laughs> uh, in another game. I set up a board and then got enough prowess triggers on the stack that I could take out all three players in one go, and it took a lot longer, did what it was supposed to do. Mm. Even that was technically like Storm, except with a bigger prerequisite, so it's harder to pull off. Mm-hmm. Storm, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I didn't enjoy it. I, I just prefer control decks. Yeah, I think you do, yeah. I think, yeah. I think you've got to experiment with different deck styles, but... If you don't enjoy a style of play, there is no pressure to play it. No, but I don't really know what else yeah. I enjoy. I play, well, I did play your Storm deck once, and it was really fun, but I did legitimately have a headache after. It's, it's, it's physically exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what is, is with your Cascade deck, Sammy? Yeah. Because that's my favourite deck of all of my decks, by the way. Oh, I love nice. it. I think it's great. Yeah, Cascade. I would say Cascade is... Well, the way I built it was that it is very specifically built around three mana ramp cards mm. and then cascading big spells. So I guess it's a ramp deck. Yeah. So it ramps into big things, and, and, and that's my kind of style, isn't it? That is your yeah. That is your yeah. style. Well, my well my style is big creatures. I'm a bit of a Timmy, but it's big creatures are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get that. My, my style is is. Control and flicker and, and things like that. Like, yeah. things, I think you'd also. I think you like Cascade, though. That's the thing. Cascade's pretty cool. It's yeah. So I, I wanted to build a Cascade deck for a while. Um, like I don't know if you remember when Commander Legends came out. There was uh, Averna, the Teamer one, mm. uh, which is whenever you cast a spell with Cascade, you draw a card or something like that. Yeah, something. Like um, that. which seemed cool. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to. Yeah, I thought about building that, uh, and I ended up not doing so. Now you have one. You can still play around with Cascade in mm-hmm. EDH, but don't know. Um, I, I think Cascade did, did seem fun. It seems like a cool deck. Because then my other deck as well is more in my other... Well, I have a bunch of other decks, but then I guess Lord Wingrace is also kind of a ranked deck landfall mm. strategy, which I've actually been thinking about changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking of changing that to Corvold Sacrifice. I've been thinking about that for a long time. Yeah, I think I might commit to it. Because uh, I was... I know, I was really committed to Lord of Grace, and I do like him, but I, I don't know. You haven't played him in a while. I haven't played him in a while, and I, it's really hard to build that deck. Didn't you just upgrade that deck? I did, which is why I'm kind of worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you, you upgraded it instead of changing to... Instead of buying a new deck, yeah. and I bought a new deck. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so with Lord Wayne Grace, the thing is, I, I do love him, and he's my pet deck, but he does also... Like, the thing is, I can't build... Corvold and Lord Wingrace simply because not because of the colours yeah. but it's because Lord Wingrace has so much good Jund stuff as well as mm-hmm. Landfall he is kind of a Jund good stuff right now yeah. as opposed to Landfall um, and I would uh, like if I looked at the list of Corvold that I wanted to build I was like half of these cards are in Lord Wingrace yeah. like, I don't want to keep switching the sleeves every time so and I don't want to buy them again so yeah it's difficult and I, ca- I think I need to decide why don't you put them in the one. same sleeves hmm No, because I have to buy no, two. you have like the shell. Yeah. And then just move over. It's a move over fifty cards every time I play them. Well, leave it in the Corvold deck and then keep the things that are just in Wingrace. And if you feel like playing Wingrace, you've still got a little bit of Wingrace. But that's exactly what I'm opposing to. I don't want to do that every time. But it wouldn't be every time because you will probably never play Wingrace. Oh right, I see what you mean. But just win- keep Wingrace for a bit. Yeah, the ones that are just in Wingrace. So you have like a little. And then the options like the there. Maybe. 
I don't know. I'm gonna see. But I think that, that just seems like making a new deck, but with extra steps. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, but if he doesn't want it, if he's conflicted, just giving another option yeah, to the yeah. table. But the only other thing with Corvall, and we're going very off topic here for <laughs> the, the, the episode, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, the the other thing with Corvall was that looking at the kind of strategy of Corvall, he is a bit commander damage based because for those who want to know what Corvall does. It's a 5-mana legendary creature, and it costs 2 black, red, green. Uh, so it's a Jund Commander. He's a flying 4-4 dragon. Something might be another kind of creature that bounds. No, what I know is a flying 4-4 dragon. When he enters a battlefield, you sacrifice a permanent. Whenever you do sacrifice a permanent, put a plus 1 counter on Korvald and draw a card. So he's all about flying over your opponents, dealing big damage with a big Korvald. And I don't know how I feel about that, because honestly, having recently... I think this is a recent thing for me. I really don't like the commander damage roll. I yeah. was about to mention that. Yeah. Because um, this is what happened last time uh, w- when I played the Monk's deck. So I had Shuyan as my commander, mm-hmm. um, uh, who was, I think, like a 7 power, like 7-7 seven, seven at this point. Yeah. Um, had Inquisitor's Flail equipped, had Double Strike and Trample. So Double Strike means that he deals damage twice. Yeah. Inquisitor's Flail means that when he deals damage... He deals double that damage, mm. um, and so each hit was 14 commander damage. Mm. So that was 28 commander damage that was trampling through as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that just wiped someone out of the game, yeah. and I thought, commander damage is kind of bullshit. This is the thing. I, I was thinking about all of our decks, and I was thinking, what if we just played without the commander damage rule? And would anyone's deck be massively affected by it? Maybe your prowess deck would be the most affected by it, but I think it could still play without it. Yeah, I wouldn't change any cards. Yeah. Like, Inquisitor's yeah. Flail would still be yeah. busted with a bunch of double-strike creatures. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, then with Akiri as well, I think Akiri, oh she'd probably be even more... F- yeah, I think she'd be more fun without the command yeah. control, because then you're more in- enticed to play wider, like, go yeah. wider creatures and stuff. It's just that it's the not being able to interact with commander damage yeah um like it's it's similar to infect yeah like you can't life gain against it you Mm -hmm. can't Mm -hmm. i know what you mean it's a it's a thing you can't interact with you can't like you can't just remove the commander it can always come back yeah um if it's a deck that focuses on attacking in with the commander making it unblockable then yeah i think the commander damage now i think about it yeah what do you guys think of the rule why is it what do you think sarah well i think so i think for a, a while we were kind of unaffected by commander damage. Yeah. I don't really feel like anybody ever lost to it. No. But then I actually lost to it on Friday as well. So yeah. uh, it was me and Maddie and one of our new players. And the new players deck basically made it so you couldn't or didn't want to attack them. It was the Brina, the Silver Quill precon from the Commander 20 or yeah. something like that. The, the Black White precon from the most recent. Yeah. And they one of their cards had you can put I think it's called a loyalty counter mm. on a creature. Or was on, it a vow counter? That, that's it, a vow counter. And basically that meant that you couldn't attack <laughs> that creature. Like so that. obviously the smart thing, he put on both of our commanders. And Maddie was playing fairies with the Layla as the commander who is a flyer. Flying death touch life link, yeah. So all I was doing every turn was finding a way to get rid of a Layla. Mm. Because Maddie swung in twice with a bunch of plus ones, plus one. I think I was one turn away yeah. from dying to command damage and I spent three or four turns just finding reach creatures or killing a Layla yeah. without focusing on anything else and then eventually I was like I'm out there's nothing I can do I'm just gonna die <laughs> which is fine yeah. but it would have been more fun for those last four turns for probably Maddie and I if she didn't have to keep just replaying her commander yeah. and I didn't have to keep just finding ways to kill it uh, do you reckon we should give it a go? I think so. I, I think don't we should think... give no commander damage a go. Would you like a quick lesson on the history of commander damage? Go ahead, sure. sure. So let me ask you guys this question. Okay. Why is it 21? I thought it was just like a percentage of the your health. Like it's 40, so it's split between, I don't know, half plus one. Something uh, like that. Because in Brawl, where you start with 30, I believe it is 16. Yeah, yeah, which is still, yeah, yeah okay. Half plus one. What is the, what's the history, Josh? What's the history? Tell us. Story time. Well, <laughs> um, so it's not clear 
why the rule was put in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't put in place to promote certain strategies like Voltron or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but it does look like... Um, so in the olden days... Can you explain <laughs> what Voltron is? Oh yeah, Voltron is a type of strategy that you can play uh, in Commander or, or any other format where basically you have one creature and you load it up with enchantments to make it super yeah. powerful mm-hmm. uh, and artifacts and equipment to make it super powerful yeah. uh, and then like it, so it, Voltron is the big robot from Power Rangers. No, oh, wait, that's is... Mega. No, wait. Yeah, Megatron Transformers. Voltron is a big, powerful robot from some TV show. That's <laughs> okay. a big, powerful robot. Uh, and, it, and it's made up of smaller robots, so that all the pieces come together and make a big Voltron yeah. creature. Okay. Super powerful. Um, and that's what you're trying to assemble in the Voltron deck. You're playing a creature, normally it's your commander, and you're slapping enchantments onto them mm-hmm. and artifacts and trying things like that. Yeah, to make them basically indestructible and super powerful. And, and that's the whole strategy of the deck. You bank everything on this one creature mm-hmm. to make it super powerful. Um, yeah, so that's what Voltron is. Going back to what you were you were going through the history of yes. Commander Damage. So Commander used to be known as, uh, and most of the time still is known in the in the community as EDH, which mm-hmm. stands for Elder, Elder Dragon, Dragon Highlander. Highlander. Oh, I want to do it in the command zone voice. Now I have <laughs> I have given you guys this lesson before, so let's see how much yeah. information you have retained. Yeah. Why is it called Elder Dragon Highlander? You can only have Elder Dragons as your commander, right? And Highlander. He has given us this lesson before. It may actually be on a previous episode of the podcast. Because they only on mountains. I think that's what you said last time. I'm getting like a weird deja vu thing. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen the movie Highlander? Oh my god. Oh, that was it. I mean, wait, I don't like it. But that's because that's what we talked about, Yeah, yeah, but I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, the movie Highlander. I haven't watched it, though. So the main character is Mel Gibson. Well... Uh, the main character is played by Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. <Whoa. laughs> Who's it played by? <laughs> uh, main character is Mel Gibson, played by Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, God. No, so the main character is played by Mel Gibson. It's a movie about the uh, revolution of Scotland, liberation from England's rule. Oh, William Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, William yeah. Wallace. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> one of the most famous quotes way. in the film. I <laughs> One of the most famous quotes in the film is when William Wallace shouts, There can only be one! Right, okay. Right. Yes, um, that's not how he says it though, is it, Josh? Uh, I, don't, I guess he would Come do it Come on, you Scottish can do accent. a good Scottish accent. Yeah, I just don't want to shout on the mic. Uh, I'll noise reduce it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also I can't actually remember <laughs> the, much of the film. Nice. But because of that quote, uh, that's why we call it Elder Dragon Highlander, because back in the old days, um, you had to have an Elder Dragon. That's the creature type that you had to have mm-hmm. as your commander. Yeah. And you could only have one of each card, so there right. can only be one. Yeah. That's why it's I remember called... that. Yeah. yeah. That is why it was called EDH. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you know about Elder Dragons? There's not a lot of them. That's true. I can't only think of Mikkel Bolas and Ugin. Is he an Elder Dragon? Palladium Moors. Oh, yeah. um, Ugin is, but he, he never had a creature. Um, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh, Ugin's never had a creature. Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are... Uh, yeah, Palladium Wars is another one. I can't think of any more. I think Arcades is one. Yep, Arcades is one. Arcades um, is... Is it Pr- Prosh? The Sky Raider? The Jungle one? Prosh? Yes. Uh, and of course, we saw some new new uh, Elder Dragons in Strixhaven as well. Are they yeah. Elder Dragons? Yeah, they're Elder Dragons. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Quandrix. Jadrix. Shadrick, Silverquill, Tanazir, Tanazir Quandrix. Quandrix. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, them lot. <laughs> um, and of course, when you look at those, you start to get the data a little bit muddled. But mm-hmm. if you look at the old Elder Dragons, they not. are all seven sevens. Aha! Uh-huh. Ah, okay. So, I see now. It's possible that the reason that the rule was put in place was so that three swings from a commander and you'd be dead. Which, in a four-player game, means you could probably wipe out a, t- a player if you all just ganged up on them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that logically makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. three elder dragons mm-hmm. hitting your face, you're probably going to die. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so it was probably put in place to stop big multiplayer games from dragging on too long. Mm. Um, but the, I think... <laughs> we have that problem anyway. Yeah. We do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The idea behind it was that three swings, three successful swings from a commander on one player... Uh, would be 
and that'd be your death. Okay. Now, uh, you talk about removing the rule, Sam. What about if we uh, made the rule that, irrespective of damage, if you get no. hit by a commander no. three times, no, you lose the game? No! No, because I'll build the, the Rograph deck, which is a zero mana commander with like haste or something. <laughs> My commander is changeling outcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no, that sounds like an awful rule, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, That's even worse. (laughs) So, do you think, uh, based on what I'm reading, uh, and on that little history lesson, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like there is really, beyond stopping games from dragging on too long, Mm -hmm. there isn't much functional reason to have the commander damage rule in place. What do you guys think? Because it does shorten games. It does shorten games. I think so. The, the actual number itself, 21, wouldn't be a bad number if there was a way to reduce it. So what yeah. if we introduce something like a, like a commander health total instead? Okay. And it's like... Or was you, he like star on 21 and it goes down? So maybe instead it's like if you gain life, you can either add it to your actual health Ooh, or okay. your commander health, something like that. Okay. Maybe that doesn't. But then that, that's only going to help. Yeah, I've literally just thought about this for three seconds. Yeah, yeah. that's going to only help life gain decks, really, right? Mm, so it's life gain. Life gain decks help death gain. True, but <laughs> if we're changing the I know what you mean, yeah. thing, but then life gain decks do help, but life is, I would say, less important well, than commander damage. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a way to. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, maybe there's a way to... Uh, I don't know, it's difficult. We should definitely just try it without commander damage. It's because yeah. the reason it is powerful is because there's no way of interacting with it. There's no mm-hmm. way to reduce it. What if... When your commander deals damage, you lose that much commander damage? Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. But that then... Cool. That does favour... Yeah. 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 Yes, that's yeah. true. And... Yeah, then I guess I guess everything always favours something, but commanders that are lower powered and yeah, don't like typically do damage. Adrix and Nev and Taser, and Taser. really, she's only hit two. I did think that, you know, all commanders have commander lifelink <laughs> or something like that. Commander um, Maybe there's a house rule we can develop here. It seems to me that the easiest thing to do would be to just remove just commander it, damage. Yeah. I think so. But there is also the point that the effect that that would have is it would lengthen games. And that is not something that we actually want to do. But now that there is one million of us in our playthrough... Agro decks struggle enough in Commander already. Mm. Mm. But we're playing smaller games now. Because there is too many of us to play a one. Yeah, one. There's seven of us now. Seven. That would be fun. We're not playing a seven-player game. No. No, it's like it can be fun if you plan it like Christmas, like once a year. Mm. Everybody does it. You're knackered for a couple of days afterwards. You're not doing it every week. No, I want to do it. But play Treachery, which is the one I told you yeah. guys about. Mm-hmm. At some point, we'll do that where yeah. you have like a you're an assassin a or something. Yeah, play Among Us, but in, <laughs> in the new Commander. But yeah, aside from that, I have absolutely no desire to play a seven player. No, neither do I. Okay, yeah, Commander rule. Well, we should put it out to, to, the, to the, the, the rest people. of the group, yeah, and see like, what people. We'll save that with Commander. Then. I think it's good idea. Let's try. I think it'd be worth trying. We've start, yeah. We've been developing uh, rules to streamline our games a little mm-hmm. bit. Land rule, land I think, rule. has been really helpful. It has been, yeah. I like land rule. I think we've optimized that as well to be yeah. the fairest it can. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird kind of ruling, yeah. like with the way that it technically works. Yeah, it is. But, but uh, we've, we've kind of figured yeah. it out mm-hmm. the. Guildgate rule, I actually think we can... I think we could get rid of the Guildgate rule. I think we can. Yeah, it's now that we have... Now that we have I don't use it anymore. So I guess, to explain... Um, I guess you've probably explained what we're talking about, because people might not be knowing. Uh, we do have a couple of house rules in our Commander games. The Guildgate rule was the first one that we implemented. That was just that Guildgates come in untapped. Yeah. Um, so everyone will include them. Just so we have like a, a it's basically a proxy dual land. The most expensive yeah. thing about optimizing a commander deck is the, the land. land. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very like it adds very little power to your deck in the overall, but it can be very expensive. And so mm-hmm. we thought we would just eliminate that cost by yeah. letting people have mm-hmm. their Gilgates coming untapped. And the second rule that we went over, um 
the land rule. <laughs> um, so what that was, the reason we implemented that rule was to avoid having those gains. And it, we know it's in the spirit of magic to have those gains where you don't play, you don't get your lands and, and you know, you, you, you struggle for lands and you get knocked out early, but it's just lame, isn't it? It's yeah, not as fun. it's not something... I guess it is in the spirit, but it's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable, so, which is why we implemented yeah. the rule. And what the rule essentially allows you to do is, instead of playing your land drop for turn, so you forfeit your right to play a land for the turn, and you can exile any basic land from your deck, uh, and it will go to the top of your library at the beginning of your next upkeep. Uh, so you don't get to play a land, you don't get to draw a card, and instead you draw the land. That you have that exiled. exiled. Yeah. And the only yeah. reason we did the exile thing is... Because I have a rogue deck. Yes, which mills. <laughs> Otherwise, it, it was originally just find a basic land, a put it on, on top, top of your library, so you were guaranteed to draw on your next turn. But yeah. it now just sort of sits in a weird exile, exile yeah. life. Yeah, so that's um that's a rule that we implemented. And I, 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 of course, there is going to be ways to break that rule, but I don't see us as a playgroup. Nobody's to trying that. to do Nobody that. Nobody would no. want to do that. Yeah. Half the time we forget about the rule, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. You kind of you forget about it until, until you, you wish, look, you wish for the yeah, rule. Yeah, you're like, oh, damn it, I wish I had more land. Yeah. I think that, as you said, Sarah, we've been breaking up our playgroup a little bit and mm. playing in like 2, 2, and 3, or 3 and 4 mm-hmm. in smaller pods, basically. Um, and... Because of that, and because we're playing quicker in general, we don't necessarily need these rules. I think that these rules are in place because... So, it's okay to be mana screwed for a game of magic. Mm. Yes, it's not fun for anybody to be mana screwed or flooded, but it's also not that big a deal. Unless you play magic once a week, and you play one game a night because it takes four or five hours to play out that game, and your mana screwed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then your whole night has just been mana screwed, yeah. and that sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were trying to kind of get around with the guild gates and the land rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're playing quicker games, we're playing three or four games a night, if your mana screwed for one or even two games, duh, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, can, it's not can... that big a deal. I think we need to refine the way we play smaller games first, though, before we remove yeah, the land rule. Because what would be great would be if we played three or four games, but we weren't playing against the same people. Yeah. So yeah. we like because we've done what two, two weeks now with all of with our all of players us, yeah. playing just commander, and we've played we've sat in a table of four and three and played that table for the whole night. Yeah. I think if we could get better at maybe okay, we finished our game, so now we're gonna like. Sammy's out from that table of four, so he's actually going to just come and join us, and then mm-hmm. whatever, something like that. Refine that a bit more, and then maybe remove the land rule. Because mm-hmm. we still had, so you guys, you were a four player, weren't you? And yeah. Jordan, you guys played two games? Yes, we did. And Jordan was the person who got accidentally knocked out by commander damage. <laughs> yeah, like 10-5 or something. And then, didn't the next game Ten you played? He didn't, game. Yeah, yeah, so he kind of had that shit night of not really getting to play magic mm-hmm. but if it was mana screwed could we not have land dropped or was it uh, I think I it had mana issues mana so issues I don't know, okay. I don't know. Well, what exactly yeah but yeah in summary figure out how to play smaller games better then maybe remove land rule but not yet that's my opinion guys mm-hmm. alright then let's uh, so yeah basic summary is that the new set is really cool um I did. I did actually want to talk about some of the flavor for the cards. I guess I can quickly go over it. Um, one of the cards that I picked out on my list wasn't because it's good or anything, but I really liked it. Um, it's called Split the Party. Mm. the The word is called the text. The card is called Split the Party. Oh yes. And the flavor text is don't. Yes. <laughs> That's the entire flavor text, and I oh, really like so it. So true. <laughs> oh my god. It's like a, it's like a DM wrote this. Yeah. It's made so card. true. Um, yeah, really I've been really I've been rough. really strongly considering firing up a D and D campaign because of the I've set. I've been telling you to do, do it. it. That's why I've been strongly. Let's considering play Wayfarer. It. Wayfarer is another option. Like the uh, new D and D protocol to be perfect for Wayfarer. I have been thinking about like the the session zero conversations that I would have if I were to start DMing again, mm-hmm. and yeah, a hundred percent, I would say, look, any, you guys are fairly new to the game, so let's just cover up some stuff. Um, don't split up. <laughs> the thing is, when I was planning my DM campaign, I basically just added my own rule of, okay, if the party splits up, I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> they are going to get 
like a wizard is going to teleport next to them and be like, where you go? <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> I'd like to walk away from the rest of the party. Uh, okay, you encounter five you have bears. Gout. You have gout. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Every every step you take is is five HP. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Are you walking back? Your gout. Your gout's gone. It's yeah, crazy. You walked it off. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was one of the. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool flavor cards in this set. Um, things like you come across a river. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like a multiple choice. I like those cards. I love um, you happen upon a glade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just such like nineties DM language. Yeah, you happen upon a glade. you happen upon a glade. <laughs> Flip the party. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, um, I, yeah, strongly considering spinning up another D and D campaign. Do, 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 do. That'd be really fun. Could be really fun. Do, 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 do. It's a lot of work for you, though, isn't it? I think that I will um, quarter our set. Oh, that's it. Uh, I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. Not even with quarter our set. I think I will play uh, really, really lazily. And I think I need to go overboard on the laziness to make sure it isn't too much work for me. Otherwise, I'll never do it. Because that's my nature. Yeah, because it was you really that cut out all the work. figures last time, and it was you that stuck all the little figures to the wall. Oh, yeah, you went, you did one of go over. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing your D and D plans on your little desk. And yeah, D and D plans, making minis, making maps. Yeah, I spent um, a whole day cutting out little goblins. Yeah, it was actually quite fun. That is very cool. And yeah. I didn't even get to play in the camp. I didn't want to play. I was too scared. Yeah. But I'm not scared now. So I do it. Was I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, like <laughs> there is an opening cost. Um, like we have to. Tick do I still have a? I have a DM's handbook. Was it? Good? Oh, I might not have it anymore. How actually. does how does you the campaigns where you just buy them work? You still have to have rule books. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, you need to have. So we could buy a rule book on D and D Beyond and then share it with everybody. But everybody would then everybody would need a laptop or a tablet or their phone or something to keep the character sheet on. It could that's work. Fine. Everyone's got that. Yeah, but there there is an opening cost with D and D. Um, but it could be fun. It could be fun. Uh, the problem is, when the hell would we do it? Mm. Yeah, we'd have to do it in replacement of F and M or something. And um, I can't. No, we can't. We can't have a seven player party. So no. even a six player party. No, it will take. It will be too much. That's what I did in community. Yes, <laughs> and that is possible if everybody knows how to play the game. Mm. But imagine having. Imagine if your first game of Magic was six player commander. God, like yeah. if everybody, yeah. and not just your first game. Everybody's first game of Magic <laughs> was six player commander. It Sounds would take, awful. yeah, it would be yeah. really rubbish and it would take too long. Yeah. So we would need, I would insist upon at least like, like maximum four, maximum four players okay. to get used to, so that until everybody knows how to play. You can play big campaigns mm. if everybody knows how to play, just like you can play Magic in yeah. big parties. Maddie and I have both, we're both currently playing a campaign and we've played a, a lot of, well, not a lot of DD, we've played like two campaigns before. Mm. We kind of know what the deal is. Um, I know nothing. That's good. I'm watching it, Critical Role. It so is very much that. like if you're a new player, I think you can. It's it's a lot of it is just playing the game and figuring out the rules that mm-hmm. way. Like there's not a lot of rules. A lot of the rules you can as well just make up as a DM. I've I've noticed like when you, as it like you can just be like mm, I'm gonna say you can't do that or something mm. like that. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, blah blah. blah. Like it, it, it's well, a lot of. Did a little cheeky practice one, us yeah. three and Maddie, on like a Sunday afternoon after yeah. the podcast. Can do. And then see what the vibe is. If you want to yeah, do just, a proper just one, a little practice. Yeah. Because yeah. me and again, me and Maddie are kind of. Uh, I don't want to say experienced players, but we have played a lot of D and D already. Mm. I have, I guess, not played all that much, but I have read the rule books a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been trying to DM. Since the age of fifteen, I'm twenty five now. What would you want? Would you still want to then? What if you did want to be a player? I would love to be a player first. Do you want to DM? I would try and DM. <gasps> yes, I'm. No, nah, I can't trust you to do it. What do you mean you can't trust me? <laughs> no, Maybe I'll DM. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at accents. <laughs> um, roll with advantage. Uh, if, you, um, if you were disappointed. Can you do a... No, I'm just reciting things that oh, I've yeah. heard on Critical Role, so I can prove that I'm, I'm basically <laughs> as good as... You happen Aubrey. upon a glade. You happen upon a glade. Um, go ahead and make a perception check. Don't split the pie. Don't split the pie. So that's basically... That's a DM, isn't yeah, it? There you go. And then a couple it. of voices. What's the difference like between intelligence voices. and wisdom? Um, I have both. You have neither. 
from something different. <laughs> <laughs> you had intelligence and wisdom, you know. <laughs> oh, God's sake. I don't know. Um, intelligence is... I don't know, like book smarts and wisdom is like street smarts. That's what I would say. That yeah, is pretty much. Yeah, it. Pretty intelligence much it. is what your character already like knows, isn't it? Or what they, what like kind of thing. I think a good analogy that I've seen is that intelligence is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Mm. Wisdom is knowing that even though it's a fruit, it doesn't go in a fruit salad. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is that is pretty much it. Yeah. Mm. See, there you go. The end. Mm. Got it. Cool. Okay then. Um. um uh, constitution is being able to eat a fruit salad with tomato in it. Not throwing up. And, yeah, not mm-hmm. throwing up. Um, charisma is being able to sell, sell it to other people. a fruit salad yep. with tomato in it. <laughs> and uh, strength is being able to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, and, dex- and throw it at someone because yeah. it's disgusting. Dexterity is being able to dodge out of the way when it's thrown at you. No, yeah, this dexterity <laughs> being able to accurately throw it at someone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I took all three. Oh, dude. You took all three. Oh my goodness. I'm the host. Yeah. God, you don't. Even, <laughs> I wrap you it don't up. get one now. How dare you? Okay. You guys can have. Thanks sorry. for tuning in. I know we didn't talk a lot about the cast in this episode. We kind of <laughs> got a little bit derailed, but that's the magic of this podcast. Nice. You will never get what you want. <laughs> that's our guarantee. That's, that's our like guarantee. Um, see you guys on the next one. And now, a completely irrelevant conversation about zombies and vampires. Do you have a skeleton vampire? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's I one so. Yeah? Okay. Or a vampire zombie. If you get bitten by a vampire yeah, zombie, that'd be what confusing. Well... Do you become a zombie or a vampire? I think you become a vampire. Because usually when you're bitten by a zombie, you get ill. And turn into die. a zombie. Yeah. Sometimes you just die. Yeah, you, but you have to die first. Whereas with a vampire, usually the transformation is instantaneous. Mm. Not all the time, though. In um, Vampire Diaries, the way you become a vampire is you have to die with vampire blood you in do. you. So that's what zombie. That's a zombie version, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. same with zombies. <laughs>